If you are vulnerable to psychic damage from roguish language, stay away from these gibbering mouths. But if you intend on listening to this podcast about enriching your fantastical group hallucinations, you're too far gone already. Give me the Wayne's World countdown. Okay, you. <laughs> okay, ready? Five, four, three, two, one. We are the brothers, both DMs and players. <laughs> I'm the one with the skulls on my dice. I'm Travis. And I'm the one with an orange cheating dice. Jordan. Don't trust him. Um, <laughs> we are the Hook and Chance podcast. So, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, yeah. tuning in. And we are shipping one treasure chest to a random house this week for incredible games. Oh, we are. <laughs> that part that part's borderline true. Really? What are we doing? Oh <laughs> I was like, I'm well, not I didn't sign off on sending a random treasure chest to somebody. Kind of it's true in the sense that Smiley says things are true in the Bones series. Because okay. then he can't tell the difference between his imagination and reality sometimes. All right. So we're getting to the heart of your problem. Yeah. <laughs> this, is this a psychology podcast? Yeah. This time on Hook and Chance podcast, we're going to get into what's wrong with Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, what we're doing is we're talking about three solid ways to prepare for a game as a player. This largely came about because I was on Reddit, um, delving into the deep, deep chasm that is Reddit. Yeah. Um, but specifically about a, an anecdote that I saw. It was a Reddit user that was looking for advice on being a new player and what are some, yeah, basic, basically some tips and tricks on being a new player to D, uh, to D&D. And kind of just how to make the games all awesome. One of the actual respondents of this question said, just show up, which sounds like that person was probably dealing with some other struggles around, uh, you know, people not showing up to their games. I love people that comment one line and it's a comment that never needed to exist, though. Yeah, it didn't need to be said in the first place um, because presumably you want to show up to D&D. But really, yeah, there, there's this idea that, you know, as a player, you can just waltz in and let the dm take care of everything just relax go yeah. on a journey no not at least not in our games and yeah and i think we've been very lucky with decent players yeah. in general that don't try to voice this on us our point is just that it works way better when everybody's on the same page everybody's putting in so we kind of got to talking about what would be on your checklist of things to do every game as a player yeah, so there's three basic categories that we're going to run you through today. Party planning, playing your character, and bonding your party. So let's get into the first segment. Yeah, yeah. This is the Strategy Stateroom, where inventive and cunning tactics are crafted for when they're needed most. All right, so yeah, um, the first bit on our checklist here is around organizing sessions and curating kind of group organization. And I think my biggest pet peeve is when people show up late. Yeah, that's fair. That, the rest of the party's just kind of like, okay, yeah. Everyone's waiting, like four of the five are there, they're ready to get started. 
and there's one person that just saunters in. And it's um, totally different if we know it's coming. But if we're just like, yeah, sometimes yeah. it happens. But <laughs> Oh, man, the ire in the room is like, oh, your character is going to die this week. <laughs> we, we plot ways to kill you off. <laughs> the group so you know. is in on it, by the way. They're all going to they're all gonna Julius Caesar you. Mm-hmm. And uh, every, yeah. Every time you're late, remember that, <laughs> that we are scheming actively. All right. So, yeah, as a part of uh, organizing sessions. Okay, so let, let's talk about what goes on that list. So what's one of the first things there? All right. So having a calendar to curate the group's organization I think can be a really useful tool. Like if you're using Google Calendar and you're scheduling your games because not all of us are lucky enough to do a once a week game, I realize some people's schedules are pretty crazy. So yeah, you can schedule it. Uh, everyone can kind of talk about what works. And and cancel with a little bit of timeliness. Like yeah. it's really nice, I, I would say as a DM, being able to look forward three or four weeks and say, hey, I know my player is going to be out. So I'm going to have a little extra time to plan or or curate because I think what fuels that fury that I feel inside when somebody cancels a day or so before is that I've said, as a DM at least, I've said no to other social gatherings or things like that. Yeah. And I've rearranged my life, you know, happily, albeit, but I've rearranged my life around trying to make sure that I'm prepped for a game. Yeah. And then when somebody doesn't show up, it's like, well, I said no to all of those. <laughs> I said no to... I don't know. <laughs> we don't have anything I don't else. do anything else. All <laughs> right, try, fine. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, good pitch. And I think uh, when it is that last minute cancellation, it gets me when the party's in the middle of something big. Because the DM has planned for a very tough encounter with the whole party. And when the cleric bails last minute to leave us without any healing, it kind of feels like I thought that I was on a tandem skydive. And then I realized the guy that knows what he's doing behind me is not there. (laughs) I've bailed out. (laughs) Okay, I got to handle this on my own. (laughs) Let's figure this shit out real quick. Pull the pulley. Police string. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, when when that happens, I think as a player too, yeah, as a player, when you're kind of expecting what's going to happen next week, like even you as a player, you're you're thinking, okay, we're, we just ended on the big dragon fight, whatever the case may be, I'm going to do this, 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 and then I'm going to look for this because the healer is going to be there. Yeah. And then they don't show up. And, and you're like, you got to change everything. Alrighty, back to the drawing board. <laughs> I was thinking about this all week. This took uh, seven days to, to figure out. And that's, again, if you're lucky enough like we are to play week. Yeah. All right. So next on the checklist is having some kind of a online chat that you do the rest of the week because that's helped us immensely immensely and i would say from a dm's perspective me especially like it's cool being able to watch you as a group kind of formulate plans and figure stuff out and even just like goof around so we use facebook chat uh right now but i mean likely use any chat that is kind of ubiquitous among the entire group yeah but I, i would say definitely as a dm it's super helpful because then i can go okay three days in advance You've all kind of laid out your plots. Let me figure out how to kind of mess with those plots and throw things off the rails just enough to keep things interesting. And we have enough time to actually think of plots with our brains instead of sitting at the table (laughs) 
<laughs> not using our brains <laughs> on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, of course, launches into like having to figure out how to do that on the fly, which never leads to to great games. You know, when some some person of the group is like, all right. I need a matchstick, a turkey baster, and <laughs> yeah, this that, is how we're going to defeat the big bad. That's one of those theory, in theory, it's great things, but in practice, it never <laughs> seems to pan out. No, it never Nobody's does. ever been a successful MacGyver. <laughs> um, I think another point on your checklist uh, should definitely be um, kind of a note slash uh, session note taker person. Yeah. Like if you s- sign up for that, then that makes everything. E- and I would say that like, so if you have note, uh, note or session tracking, if you have somebody taking care of treasure, all of the different loot that people have collected as a your, group. Yeah. Like all the group treasure. I mean, it, that's usually the way it goes. Some parties play with total individual treasure tracking, but yeah, I but think I, that helps. I think if as a group, you inevitably will end up with, with shared treasure. Yeah. I think the reason these all fall into the same category is if you as a single player take one element of these four and then dole out the rest to other players in the group, a better world emerges <laughs> when yeah. one when the when the load is shared between a, mm-hmm. a group of people and everyone comes together and you're like, "Oh, I don't have to worry about a thing." And, you know, on the part of the player, it relatively not that big yeah, ass. each of these things is a pretty small task next up is kind of like that other big kind of party planning section and and i think that's why essentially getting together and playing D is is like throwing a little mini party yeah every time you get together and one of those big points of the party is food and all that it comes humans stuff. need eat and so, how am i supposed to gain like my requisite pound or two per week <laughs> if i don't mow mass amounts of pizza mm-hmm. thank you mitch for the pizza <laughs> so our point here is that if everybody again kind of splits up the tasks of feeding and drinking everybody yeah it makes it a lot easier if one person has to go and do the drinks and the snacks and the pizza and, the, and on and on, that's like an hour and a half's worth of work Yeah. every time you want to get together and play. And it, it really sucks when you put that off until mid-game and then you take an hour and a half out of your game to figure it out on the spot. So you got all the food and drinks, but I think if you dole it out to individual people, one element on that list, you end up getting the the absolute savant that is mitch who organizes pizza every week Mm -hmm. who has just an immaculate memory of every pizza place and every deal around (laughs) town oh man he's he's got that down to an art and on top of that he knows how to charm the pizza people because on every order every time he leaves a custom note i love you (laughs) (laughs) that shows up on our pizza box <laughs> That's why the pizza delivery person keeps giving me these awkward glances. <laughs> yeah. I do love you. <laughs> love you very deeply. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but honestly, like Mitch knows every deal in town and gets us the best deal on pizzas because that's his his role that he plays. Yeah. And, uh, and if one person brought snacks, one person brought drinks. Like Jordan's. Around. Like Jordan said, uh, thank you, Mitch, for, <laughs> uh, for all the delicious za. Mm-hmm. Um, next on the list, yeah, jumping on. into accessories because the DM's got a lot to do, and it really helps if players take on one of these little tasks too. 
I think this is a bit of a contentious point for me because I, as a DM, like I've curated music myself. Yeah. I've curated um, a lot of different elements of, of D&D well in advance. And so I'm not sure I would necessarily dole these out, but I think there's a lot of groups out there that probably would. That could work together a lot more in this way. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, I mean, it's it's one thing if you have music that you've already curated. Yeah. But if I'm not, I would love for somebody to handle, you know, throwing together a playlist throughout the week. Yeah. Just or, adding to it and kind of yeah, slowly cultivating maintaining that. Maintaining yeah. yeah. Um, Having a DJ. That's listening to a lot of movie soundtracks and a Google Play subscription or something like that or <laughs> yeah. a, a Spotify. Yeah, what else? Somebody to help dole out the miniatures that are going to be needed that night. I mean, again, sometimes the monster side of it is a DM thing, but even sometimes when we start playing, we're all confused on where our minis are and we're looking for them for like 10 minutes, so... And we only have one ongoing game, so I don't yeah. know where those minis disappear to every single time. But also putting them away. I like to wake up at midnight and I hide them around the house. You suck. Um, no, honestly, putting it away, putting them away is like a five-minute thing for us sometimes. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, I, I'm not naming names, but I've found beer bottles and minis <laughs> and everything just, just left exactly where like, yeah. somebody just disappeared and was sucked into uh, the shadow fell. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so do all those things. And these will all be on the checklist at the end. So I think like light, we, on the checklist, we have lights, music, minis, distributing writing utensils. Yeah. I think that's kind of handy as long as you have somebody there that's kind of um, dedicated to that. Um, and not on the checklist, but don't show up. And just wait around while the DM does everything and then jokingly complain about the DM not being ready while you're munching cheesy bit. Because <laughs> that sucks too. Don't be a dick. That, that's the second. Yeah. The, every second point. We've had people do this at our games sometimes. Just like, And I think that's where this all kind of the genesis of this checklist came from. <laughs> from was, can you imagine... The the absolute uh, blissful world that we would be living in if just every player just took control of one of these things yeah. on the on the list. Our our final point on the accessory side of things, and this is a, a favorite of mine, is bring a character accessory. This is something uh. that I do for every one of my characters. So you remember my character Orc? Yeah, half orc. What was my accessory? Uh, you had your mug of beer. My my beer stein. And yeah. his character actually had, uh, the character had a magical beer stein that would fill up with all kinds of different tasty beverages. So I would always fill that up with beer. So that was my like, my... Um, Gets you into character kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what's the, what are the uh, the to- totems oh. from, uh, from, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Why can't I remember this kind of shit? Um, the, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, dream, <laughs> dreamland man. You need a totem to make sure you're not dreaming? I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you afraid that you're... <laughs> I'm going to slip too much into my character? Oh. No. <laughs> no, but it definitely helps me get into the mindset of my character. Yeah. And so this is one that I would wholeheartedly recommend for any new 
D and D player, even experienced ones. Um, my other character has a tricorn hat. Yeah. I found uh, online somebody selling a tricorn hat, so that's, that's my. Cool one. It doesn't matter, you know. I don't. I'm not coming in full costume, but I've got some element of my character that kind of gets me into that. Hyped about it. Yeah, yeah, just jacked up and into that role, and and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So hopefully that gives you some ideas on the party planning side of a D&D game and what you can do. Moving on. Okay. So the second part of our checklist for players is playing your character well. Okay. First part of that is going to be the backstory. So the next actual point on our checklist is writing down one goal of your character before you start playing. So when we're talking about goals, how how grandiose are we getting here i like to keep goals simple at least in the beginning and flesh out my goals throughout play so if i were setting a level one first session goal rule the kingdom certainly wouldn't be rule (laughs) the kingdom when you're creating a backstory you can do it however you want but usually when sessions start when campaigns start it's at level one and you're supposed to be starting a grand adventure so Consider that when you're creating a simple backstory versus a grandiose, I've defeated vampires and draco liches, and I'm going to go fight a goblin now with my friends and get stabbed with a rusty knife and probably come <laughs> close to dying. Felled low from lockjaw and tetanus <laughs> yep. from a rusty dagger from a goblin. That's that's super true. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think I think the rules are meant to be broken, but I would say as a general rule it's yeah. safe to say like yeah, don't don't make your character some, you know, epic Superhero. epic hero. That's never also I also like the uh contrast of creating a superhero backstory but you've never been heard of. Yeah. When the game starts. <laughs> it's like if you were flying on the back of a dragon, the whole kingdom would know. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, you know, that that being said, the one time I've ever actually seen this work was when uh, a player actually made a character that was unlocking forgotten secrets. So kind of hmm. playing like the, the it's a little bit of a stereotype, but the, the person with amnesia who's like, what, who am I? What am I doing? Oh, yeah. And, you know, kind of taking it back to square one. And I think that's the only place where I've seen an epic backstory actually play out well. Fair enough. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like everyone always plays a fighter or, you know, whatever the class is, but they've got this really epic backstory. And I think the danger there is making the coolest shit that's ever happened to your character happen prior (laughs) to the game. Before the campaign starts. Yeah. And maybe that's just our leaning towards (laughs) simple So would you say a good, like a a good uh, goal would be something for this session because you know we all have grand goals yeah something but we're trying to you know every day we're trying to achieve something for that day Mm -hmm. so your character logically would as well so it might be take over the kingdom but today and what's going to play out in this particular session for you as a player is a smaller goal i need to get this person to like me or I need to get this weapon. Yeah. Or I need to... I need to know. get a healer's kit. Yeah. I need... Yeah. I dig that. The next point on the checklist would be to work in one flaw. Work in one flaw. I think there's a, there's a fundamental problem of trying to work the flaw in, first of all, that we need to get out of the way. We need to clear the air on. And that is that flaws usually suck. Like, 
picking yeah. a good flaw is the first part of this. So when you're actually generating your character, but then actually, I, I think the crux of this is you need to pick a flaw that could potentially work its way into the game into every session because without flaws to overcome, your character really doesn't do any kind of arc. Yeah. Like you can't grow without a good flaw, but everyone always picks, not everyone. <laughs> there are there are great players out there, but I think flaws legitimately are one of the trickiest to pick. Yeah. I mean, I, I it took me a lot of characters before I started figuring out flaws without just ruining my... I steal from my friends is a terrible flaw. <laughs> yeah. That just goes with our general leaning of not working directly against your own party. Yeah. That seems to be the most fun games for us. I don't know. Thieving flaws are always top of, of mind that are like, these aren't fun to play out. They're just <laughs> going to screw over your party and everyone's going to be really frustrated at you. Yeah. Whereas like, I don't know, I find like boastful or something like that, like really fun to kind of play out because you end up playing this like Zap Brannigan style uh, Zap Brannigan from Futurama style <laughs> yeah. character, which that's fun and funny. Whereas like, yeah, I every time my, my friends get into trouble, I'll leave. Like, right. that's not a good flaw. <laughs> so something that plays out in different ways rather than ha you have one reaction to multiple situations. Yeah. I think is a... So working, being able to work that flaw into every session is a mm -hmm. lot of fun. I sleep in. I, you know, whatever the... <laughs> is that a good flaw? I don't know. It could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, all right. So talking about other character traits, because um, flaws are flaws are kind of that one that throws a wrench in the plans. The next point on our list is using one of the three, because you've got the flaw, then you've got personality trait, bond, and ideal. Ideal. So choosing one of those other three to work into a session as well. One or three, you know, is that? Yeah. If you've, I think if you've chosen wisely on all of those traits, bonds and ideals mm -hmm. and flaws, they have the potential to show up in every game. For sure. When I'm starting a character, I try not to focus on them all because it just kind of, it might overwhelm me a little bit, but however yeah. you want to do it. All right. So what are, what are your favorite traits? The favorite one that I've ever played and that worked really well was hoarding because it let me... <laughs> I know exactly the character you're talking about. Yeah. he It just developed a lot of... Uh, a cool collection of stuff and it let me always interact with the environment. It did kind of force you as a DM to get creative sometimes, but... And role play the logistics of trying to keep all of that crap around. Yeah. Like it was, it was an interesting, funny flaw slash trait. I don't know which category did you throw that in. I don't even know. <laughs> I think it was a trait. <laughs> I think it was a bond. I I <laughs> vow to carry this shit with me Everywhere wherever I go. I go. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite for me was always gambling, because it always led to more role play situations hmm. where you could, you know, it was just one of those things where you're like. Uh, it doesn't really, need to... it doesn't need to lead to a negative, but it develops a story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It always takes you deeper into something. Yeah. You know, whether it was, it was intended or not, you're always just like, I will bet you that this will play out or every time, you know, and I think there's a good element to any bond or character trait or flaw in that the DM is able to build on it as well. Yeah. Because with gambling... I know as a DM that if you choose gambling as a bond, then 
or or, or a, a, trade. Car- a personality <laughs> trade that I know an easy way to get you to take the bait on a story hook. Yeah. Because all I have to do is put some dude on the corner that's like, hey, you there. I'll bet you whatever that blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I am in because you're always going to take that bait. And I think there's like, there's also bad traits and bad um, personality quirks that you can end up choosing that nobody wants to. Like what? Well, the the first one that jumps to my mind, honestly, is is the quiet and brooding type. Right. And I'm going to own up to this one personally. (laughs) I didn't actually write it into any one of the character traits, but it was definitely one of the the personality traits that I was trying to play out. Mm -hmm. And let me just save you a bunch of time if you're thinking about using this one. It sucks (laughs) because you're basically committing to just sitting there quietly during the game and just like being angry the whole time. And it's like, who wants to play with this person? You, I think... I think we've all fallen into that trap when making a character and you picture it as being a badass in the corner that everyone's wondering what you're thinking, but it comes across as, oh, he's not saying anything. This guy's an asshole. Who invited this person (laughs) to this game? Yeah. No, Um, for sure. And then one that I always think doesn't play out well is one that, that stretches you past your own either creative ability or knowledge. Like, I come up with witty riddles for every occasion. It's like, <laughs> can you do that? Yeah. Or are, are you, you going to be sitting there Googling a riddle every game? Yeah. Or are you actually clever enough to come up with your own riddles? Which, uh, like, I, I know that I'm not mentally sharp enough to come yeah. up with a decent riddle. Me too. Therefore, I'm going to be sitting on my phone trying to Google a riddle and everyone's just going to be annoyed by it. <laughs> yeah. I try not to have role play traits that are smarter than I am. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Step one, don't play mastermind because yeah. none of us are really that smart. <laughs> All right. So the next topic is mechanics. What can you do as a player building your story to enhance the mechanics of the game? Um, For me... I would definitely put this on the checklist. Um, That is, be prepared for your spells. Be prepared for the mechanics of your spells and know your spells. So whether that's using an app for all of your spell information, being able to recall it very quickly. I mean, you use cards, and I always really appreciate that because even though you know your spells really, really well, um, if anyone ever has any questions or anything like that, or there's any kind of discrepancy, it's right there. Yeah. There's like, always one detail of a spell that you can't think of that and might I, affect the game. I think for role-playing, it's really handy as well, because you can quickly look up kind of spell components. And you're yeah. like, yeah, for mass suggestion, I crush up a, a snake tongue and a piece of honeycomb and blah, blah, blah. And oh. like, you can actually deliver yeah. specifics on those, Pull it which out. is handy. Which on that point... Beyond having those with you, pre-planning at least one of them should go on the checklist. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is my girlfriend Rumor um, has a druid character that she has come up with the actual magic phrase for each spell. The verbal component of yeah. all of her spells. The verbal component, which nice, which yeah. gets us all into the game so much more when she says that Latin phrase than... I cast conjure animals. Yeah. Oh, totally. Good call. Yeah. No, every time Romer starts to utter that phrase, everyone gets jacked at the table. Yeah. And she doesn't have to say the name of the spell. We, all we know. know she's about to conjure two wolves. Mm-hmm. 
and we're just like, look, yeah, this is happening. <laughs> Makes it way better. Yeah. She has every single one of her spells with a, usually there, she even has like kind of a hand gestures that she uses as well. So <laughs> yeah. props to her for that. But I she think kind of bare minimum. Deep. Yeah. Just figure out something that you can do that isn't necessarily just saying the spell that you're doing. If anyone questions it, then you have that ready with the spell card. Right. But. And keep in mind, this doesn't just apply to spells. I mean, you can do it with melee abilities. You can do it with any other class abilities. Too true, yeah. If you're a melee fighter, you can just say, you know what, at some point during this game, I want to, you know, because if combat is coming up, which usually happens in <laughs> most sessions, game. yeah, yeah. Um, that this is my, I'm going to try and pull off this maneuver. Yeah. And then you're like, you go into combat, figuring out how to position yourself and how to get, and it's just like, oh, what's that person? Cool. Something beyond, you know, I swing my sword, I roll my dice. Yeah, that's a, that's kind of a personal pet peeve of mine is just people that play melee fighters and then, or are new to playing melee fighters, fair enough. It, it, yeah, it takes, it time, takes to... time to figure that out. But yeah, the whole like, I swing my sword, I swing my, is that all there is to this? No, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it can you be whatever can, you want to yeah, do. Yeah, you like, I go for the Achilles tendon and I do a big sweep and, I you know, like, the yeah, goblin give by her. the neck and exactly. slam it into the table. Yeah, you can make melee fighters a lot of fun. My monk, uh, I had a blast coming up with all kinds of weird stuff to do. <laughs> That's the same guy that hoarded, so. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of your attacks was to hold an eyelid open and punch it right <laughs> square in the pupil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was fun stuff um cool well i don't know i can't think of anything else to go on that list can you uh that part of the list is good cool let's move on all right so our third part of our checklist today is bonding your party something that's sometimes overlooked um and the first item on it is we talked about building your own goals and bringing those to the table but this item is to find out someone else's goal in character and work on that okay so like finding out so my character wants to uh open a bakery downtown so then i ask you what you want to open and you tell me bakery and then i go <laughs> find a flower Get... salesman uh, okay <laughs> that wasn't where i was to expecting. become a part of the party okay as an npc tag along he follows us on all our adventures <laughs> okay that's horrible um don't do that to me in game no, but uh, I think the the point is is kind of clear. Not really. Um, <laughs> the point is is getting figuring out what your other player, your other characters uh, in your party's goals are, and trying to kind of insert yourself into them in a way that always bonds a party together. Yeah, there's. I think there's too many adventuring parties that are just circumstantial. They're like, oh well loot i guess that's why we're hanging out <laughs> if the entire party died around you you'd kind of be like okay i'll go find someone else yeah the the next two i think are a little bit kind of intertwined um i think they're in fact one checklist item <laughs> um you stretched it out. yeah we just tend to run long but the essence of it is role play a bond and develop a bond with one other player so if we're thinking doing this every single game, mm -hmm. finding a way to to push that agenda a little bit further, this one is developing a bond with one other player. So finding something that you can bond with them over. And I think you've done a really excellent job at doing this with another one of the players in the party, um, Arbidon. 
Yeah, with my rogue character turned cleric. Yeah, um, you're a you're now a cleric, but you are a kind of a shady. I became a cleric because I saw that he was getting a lot of power from being a, a cleric, and so with no actual piousness, <laughs> I started doing cleric things, and it's working for me so far, and it really aggravates his character but it always creates good role play opportunities at the table just tremendous juicy ripe role play opportunities (laughs) that come about because one cleric is furious that another one has any real semblance of power (laughs) because of his immoral and unjust way of living so little things like that i think can add a lot to a particular game and and really kind of start to to tie all of those characters together in a more meaningful way yeah rather than usually you know if i haven't done enough uh character development and i don't have all of the great rich kind of bonds that i want to try and work on i always find it really challenging to think why is my character sticking around with these people right. why are they hanging out as a as a cohesive group but they're not really they're just traveling in the same direction. Um, <laughs> the same person gave them the same letter. Exactly. Like and you're that. always reaching for these like, okay, in this situation, why the hell am I still with them? We're about to get killed. <laughs> but if you have those deep bonds, you know, this weird, you know, I kind of hate you, I kind of don't bond that you have between those two characters, richens the story to go and rescue that man, even though you have some mixed feelings about them and if every character has that it sure takes a lot off of the dm to keep trying to think of ways why the party is sticking together too absolutely and i think another kind of example of of how we can do that is is really figuring out what your character is after so that you can always see that for your dm so for instance you know i can test the two of your characters pious like i can always insert another cleric of Palor into the game to see how that situation unfolds and yeah. i can keep kind of baiting the two of your characters and we've got a solid basis for what we would do already so it's gonna be something interesting and it always leads to recurring jokes and yeah. shenanigans and fun <laughs> so then the last item on our list is bringing a character trigger to the table and you do this with physical items but it can be with anything so basically this is just something that gets you into character at the start of the game mm-hmm. and so you've done this with your tricorn hat <laughs> that's really well made and is... <laughs> that i didn't pay too much money for on ebay um... <laughs> with one character and a uh, really cool stein with another character just holding that beer stein um so it's this like glass bottom steel stein that's all leather wrapped and I, yeah, it felt crafty one day. Um, <laughs> but as soon as I have beer in that mug, you know, Getting obviously that buzz on that... after a few drinks at the beginning of the game <laughs> really gets you um, into character. Yeah, totally. Getting drunk gets me into character. <laughs> no, no, just the the act of holding that. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm in it. Yeah. And my best example was the the um, I dated a lovely woman who was quite a thespian and she um every time she needed to cry she could cry on command but it was those triggers those character cues 
that she's like, okay, I'm going to listen to this music and I'm going to think this thought. And within less than 10 seconds, she had tears streaming down her face. Hmm. And it was just the weirdest thing ever. And I think what I'm trying to suggest is doing this to a lesser extent, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as I put on that track or a hat, that, that kind of gets me into that mindset. Another big one that people use is character voices. That's how I always started off using <laughs> my character voice. Um, or just even a phrase really works well for some people. So yeah. think about some of those. Yeah. Yeah, they can definitely be uh, always helpful. In the end, though, I don't have anything left on the checklist. That's the completed ongoing checklist. (laughs) Completed, not completed. (laughs) If you have any other ideas, because we know that you've got better ideas than us, (laughs) uh, let us know on our social media. We're at Hook and Chance on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Wherever your Twitters are sold. Yeah, so uh, hit us up if you think we missed anything. I think there's, yeah, probably some hidden gems in there, and we'll add it to the ongoing list. Download this list on our Patreon. It's for free there. Uh, We just tend to use Patreon as a nice place to host all of our stuff and host all of our content and files. So um, find the the completed checklist and and keep checking back because I'm sure we'll add more to it. Mm -hmm. So thanks for listening to this episode. And play great games.